Welcome to the Coach's Edge podcast dedicated to teaching, sharing, and learning the game. Thank you for joining me today. I'm your host, Steve Kramer, Coach's Edge. And now I haven't done a solo episode in a while, but this past weekend, I had the chance to fly up to Michigan and I directed a couple of youth basketball clinics on Saturday. And then on Sunday, I had the chance to speak at the Hoopsmart Coaching Academy in Grand Rapids. There were about 250 uh, high school and college coaches there. And uh, it was just a great opportunity for me to share uh, some of the things that I love, that I believe in as far as player development and improving players and programs as a whole. In fact, I was able to present twice. I did an on-court demonstration showing some one-on-one and small-sided game variations. And then I did a classroom presentation on practice plans and designing workouts uh, for your players, which is what we're going to talk about in this specific episode. Uh, But for those that don't know me, uh, maybe this is the first time you've ever listened to the podcast. So first of all, welcome. Thanks for checking out the podcast. But um, as I mentioned, my name is Steve Kramer. After playing college basketball and getting my degree in elementary ed, because I always wanted to be a teacher and high school basketball coach, I had the chance to go play overseas, played overseas for four years. It was awesome. Um, And then came back and started working in the school system, got right into coaching. Uh, Matter of fact, I started coaching. I had two uh, different high school teams that I coached uh, throughout my four years of playing overseas. So I got to know a little bit more about the international game from a coaching standpoint. Even at that young age, we were working with a shot clock for our our young kids, uh, which was super interesting as well. Uh, But moving back to the States and really digging into uh, helping run our youth basketball program. Coached a year of eighth grade basketball and then was a varsity assistant coach for two years in Michigan. Then we moved to Ohio, which is where I started my business. Got two more years of assistant coaching experience at Perrysburg High School. Uh, and then I worked, st- began working with a couple other youth basketball programs in that area. And, you know, my thing's always been player development. That's really where I've made my bones, whether that's, you know, clinics, camps, small group workouts, individual workouts, you know, our, our training app and online uh, programs, uh, but really continue to develop more of a passion for working with coaches, working with coaches that they want to do what they do better more efficiently. Um, you know, they're, they're hungry to, to build a program. They're hungry to take that next you know, step forward with, with the success that they have. They're in it for the long haul. They don't just want that specific team that they're working with to be successful. They want to be successful year in and year out for years to come, even decades to come for some of our younger coaches. And that's what we've been doing with the Coaches Edge, with coachesedge.coach, which is live. In fact, um, this Sunday, we finish our launch as far as accepting new members as we dig into basketball season. So if that interests you, go to coachesedge.coach. You can register there. If you have questions, hit me up, contact at kramerbasketball.com. I'm finishing up my final communications uh, with some possible new coaches to join the membership. And then we're off and running when November starts. Now, what we're talking about with this specific episode getting into designing some practice plans and workouts uh, off season and season for your players is something that I've presented at the hoop smart clinic in grand rapids last weekend. It's something that I've presented to our coaches edge members already. Um, Usually the actual video PowerPoint presentation, I only reserve for our coaches edge members, but I just think this one is so important. I think it's going to get the wheels turning for you that if you would like access to the video where I'm not just talking about it, but I'm, you know, up on there's, there's some pictures, 
you know, there's the, all of the questions, everything that we go through with our Coaches Edge members when it comes to some practice planning and designing workouts for players, their development, player development specifically. Um, shoot me an email or hit me up on Twitter at Coaches Edge one on Twitter, and I'll be happy to send you the link as well to some of the things that, that we've gone over. But we're going to go over that here and share with you some of the things that I really found beneficial presenting to our coaches. Now, first and foremost, you got to ask yourself a couple questions as a coach. How can I put my players in a position to be successful? And that comes with the next question of making sure that we know what do my players do well? If you want to put them in a position to be successful, we have to know what their strengths and weaknesses are. And I, I like to say we want to strengthen our strengths. We want to improve upon our weaknesses. And we cannot have liabilities because liabilities as a team get you beat and liabilities as a player get you on the bench. So again, as we go through this podcast episode, you'll see I have many more questions than I do answers because I think you as a coach have better answers than I do when it comes to the specific players and the team that you're working with. But I do think I asked some pretty good questions that can lead us in the right direction. So we've asked who already. What can I do to put my players in a position to be successful? And what do my players do well? Now, here's some other questions that I want you to ask yourself. If, you have a, uh, if you're not driving, get a little pen and paper and, and write some of these down. When you're designing a workout, what are you working on and why? What's the why behind every single thing that you're doing? Because oftentimes we do things and the answer is because. Because we've always done it that way because this is how we get warmed up. But is there a better way? Have a good reason for why you're doing something. And one of those great reasons is another question. Does it happen in a game often? We need to be great at what happens a lot. That's why I think shooting is so important. Every single possession on offense, you want to get a shot. So we need to really focus on shooting and finishing the basketball defensively. You're building a great defense that is contesting shots and getting defensive rebounds, getting that basketball back. It's huge. Next question I want you to ask yourself, especially if you're a varsity coach, is what skills do we need our program to have as a whole? That could be the, the type of kids that are in your school district. That could have something to do with the type of opponents that you're playing year in and year out within your conference. What are some of those skills that you see are weaknesses or even liabilities? And we need to make sure we get those up. Make sure we're emphasizing those from the ground level with your youth basketball program all the way up. And as you start to emphasize those things, ask yourself the next question of, when do we want them to have those skills by? Are you able to put a time frame or a grade level on when the majority of our players have the ability to um, to handle the basketball with their right and left hand when they have a solid understanding of how to grab a rebound, pivot, and make an outlet pass, grab a rebound, take off, and go with it. When do they have an understanding of what transition offense looks like within your team? Understand some of these basic skills and put a timeline on them knowing, again, that all players are a little bit different based on how much they're playing in the offseason, how much they've been coached, what their physical capabilities are, et cetera. Now, another question that I want you to ask yourself, 
when you go into a practice or a workout, is it a teaching-based workout, a training-based workout, or a competing-based workout? And I think that a great practice or workout contains all three, but there's going to be an emphasis on one of these three. Teaching is obviously uh, more speaking from the coach. There's more walking through. There's more detail. There's more breaking down a specific thing within your team. That could be a skill. That could be strategy X's and O's. That could be implementing a press break, offense, defense. It's endless. But you're teaching. Training is high reps. High reps. Competition is what it sounds like. There's a winner and there's a loser. We're getting after it, right? And so all of those practices can look a little bit different. Now, as you're going through your practice and designing your workouts, you want to have that point of emphasis, that P-O-E. What are you really going to emphasize within this workout? And if there's a lot of things that you're trying to emphasize, remind yourself, then you're not emphasizing anything. Pick one or two for a good workout or practice. And then a couple other things as I get the chance to work with, tons of players in schools is, is it fun? And are we ending on a positive note? That could be a fun drill that the kids like to finish practice with. That could be a more of a communication-based tool as far as huddling up and bring it in and saying some positive uh, feedback to, to one another. But we wanna have fun and we wanna make sure that we're ending on a positive note, even if it was a really tough practice. Now. With that in mind, when you're designing a workout, when you're designing uh, practice, we're doing drills, right? Drills for the skills. So what types of drills are we implementing to get the most improvement out of our players? Now, you're probably familiar with block and randomized training. Block training, doing the same thing again and again and again. And that has its benefits, getting a lot of reps up, you're building confidence. And if a player is really struggling with their technique or they're trying to master uh, more details on a skill, I think block reps can be very beneficial. As far as getting more game results, we need to work out in a way that is like a game, which means things are more random. We don't know exactly when and where a certain action is going to occur. So that brain is really firing as far as making, uh, seeing something, being able to read it, decide, and then act. Random, quick, fast decisions. So random drills where we're not doing the same thing again and again and again, becoming robotic are really important. Now, within those two basic categories, there's many other variables that you can throw in, but I like to add two more. Multi-skill drills, for example, that could be um, pass to the coach up top, come off of a wide pin down screen, catch it, rip it, attack the basket. Maybe you get one little cutback move and then you're working on a specific finish. Let's say a stride stop finish, jumping off two feet, you know, body and ball away, protecting the basketball with your body going up and finishing strong. That's a multi-skill drill. There's multiple things that we did. We passed, we cut, we ripped the basketball, we got a cutback dribble in, and then we also worked on a specific finish. Now, that was predetermined by the setup of the drill, but there were multiple skills involved. So there's some good game application there. And then the fourth type of drill from block randomized multi-skill, four is game-based drills. 
right? That could be um, your your one-on-one, your three-on-two, all the way up to your five-on-five, different types of drills that really truly simulate those game situations and there's live play involved. So when I think of game-based drills, it's a live play. Players are competing, right? They're competitive. That's another key to a game-based drill. In my opinion, doesn't have to be necessarily win or loser, but they're competing against one another in a game-based drill. So being able to throw those out there, we did a bunch of these at our clinic with one-on-one, our closeout series where the basketball gets thrown out from underneath to an offensive player. The defensive player doesn't know who the basketball is going to. Whoever the ball goes to, that's who they close out and and play one-on-one or contest a shot. We'll put some dribble limits on there and some different types of of rules in place, but that's a game-based drill. Now, with all of this in mind and getting the chance to work with so many great high school basketball coaches, I feel like coaches put a little too much pressure on themselves as far as thinking, am I doing the right thing? Are we working on the right stuff? And I try to reassure our coaches because there's great, great coaches out there. You listening, you're probably one of them. If you're listening to this podcast, first of all, you want to get better. That's what type of coach you are. That's in your personality is to improve and get better. I am the same way. So I think we need to you know, not be quite so hard on ourselves and ask ourselves, are our kids coming into practice? Are they getting reps up? Are they, are, is it intense? Are they going at a game pace? And does what they're working on apply to the game? And if that's true, then we're going to get improvement. We're going to get growth. We're going to get learning. And that's what we need to do. It's really that simple. Are they practicing at an intensity level with game application? And if so, that's fantastic. And if there's something that we don't know that we need to learn more about, we need to be honest with ourselves and say, you know what, I'm going to teach what I know, and I'm going to learn what I don't. I'm going to ask questions to, to other coaches, other people, so that I can get a better handle on that. I'm honestly, one of the things that I've been trying to geek out on this these past few months is different types of defenses. Even though I'm not personally coaching a team, I'm working with all these coaches who are trying to implement different types of defense. So one of the areas that I've grown personally as a coach isn't in the player development aspect so much, but it's learning more about a 2-2-1 press or a 1-3-1 half-court defense so that I can now understand that better and then teach it also to the people that I've been working with. Fortunately, I'm pretty familiar with some of those defenses based on some of the things that I've done and some of the people we've worked with. So that's really good as well but we're always trying to learn more, especially about the areas that we don't know. Because again, strengthen our strengths, improve our weaknesses, but we can't have liabilities. So those are a few things that we wanna think about with our player development. But I wanna go back to the teaching, training, and competing component or buckets that we talked about earlier. When I mentioned that we can have a specific focus for a practice or a workout of teaching, of training or competing. I've noticed myself making certain mistakes where I've gone in and say, man, this is really gonna be a a competing type workout, meaning we're really gonna get after it. We're gonna play a lot today, whether that's five on five and scrimmaging or a lot of small group games. And then I'll look at my practice plan and I'll say, this isn't mostly competing. There's a ton of teaching and training 
which is fine, but that wasn't the goal of this specific workout. I got to redo this where you finish the practice and you look back on it and say, man, we didn't compete nearly as much as we wanted to because I spent too much time with the teaching and the training aspect of it. So ask yourself in general, how much time do you spend teaching the game, training the game and competing within the game at your practices and workouts? And is that actually what you want? It may not be. And then let me ask you, do you divide up that teaching, training, and competing component in blocks throughout your workout. Like most, most coaches um, that I've experienced, it's more training and teaching in the beginning, and then it's more competing at the end. And what I would encourage you to do, if you've listened to any of my other previous podcasts, is try to sprinkle in teaching, training, and competing throughout. If you save all the competing till the end, you might see something that you need to teach and train more often, but now you're at the end of your practice. And if you would have put that competing aspect in earlier in your practice, now you would have a better idea of what to teach and train throughout that practice as far as what you're trying to emphasize with your group. I hope that makes sense. So does the amount of time spent in those different categories actually show what you're trying to do? with your team. And then I'm just curious, does the amount of time spent in each of these areas vary to you throughout the course of the season? I'd be very curious. Does the amount of time you actually spend practicing, do you shorten those practices or does it get less intense or more intense? Or how does that work throughout the course of your basketball season? Because basketball season is the longest high school season compared to other team sports. So those are a few things that I wanted to throw at you. Those are a few things that I wanted to share with you um, that we presented on this past weekend in Grand Rapids. And I, I do wanna mention, if you wanna get this presentation recorded on video with all of these questions and then some um, written up for you with me talking and breaking everything down, send me an email, contact at kramerbasketball.com. I'd be happy to send that over to you. And again, the coach's edge, the coach's edge is finishing up with the launch. So. If you are hungry to get better as a coach, if you are hungry to improve your program, the answer is yes. If the answer is yes, if you want to continue to, to learn more about the game, you're just hungry to get better. And that answer is, is yes. If you enjoy talking with other coaches who are in the same position as you, but they might be in another state, you might be with a boys program, they might be with a girls program, but you want to pick each other's brain. You want to join the community that we have. And that's one of my favorite things about the Coach's Edge is our community. The Coach's Edge is for that type of person. If you are that type of person, if you are the person listening here, you're like, man, I want to be a part of that community. Not only do I want all of the resources at coachesedge.coach, the drills and the videos and the PDFs that we upload every single month. But I want another person on my team. You want me, Steve Kramer, to be on your team this basketball season. You can go to coachesedge.coach to register. And by doing that, you not only have me serving you and our other coaches that contribute serving you, but you join this community at coachesedge.coach. And when I say you join a community, I mean, you can join our monthly Zoom meetings. You can ask questions. We'll send out um, 
coaches questions where you, you know, you'll be able to submit questions on practice plans. You'll submit some answers and you'll be able to see where the coaches are as far as how much time do they spend shooting the basketball during a practice? How much time uh, do they spend working on their offense compared to their defense during a practice? There's so many different things that we're able to uh, use to service the high school coaches that we work with through the Coaches Edge membership. So if I'm talking to you right now, time is running out. Go to coachesedge.coach to register. Let me know if you have any questions. And as always, thank you for listening to the Coaches Edge podcast. I truly, truly appreciate you. If you don't join the membership, let me know if I can help you anyway. Like if you have a question about something, if you're looking to pick my brain on a few drills, player development strategies, which I love talking, hit me up anyway. I'm happy to, to help regardless. All right. Thank you for listening. And as always, get after it today.